In a world full of stereotypes of what women should be, I help break down these barriers. Knowing that even the most confident of women has an inner dialogue that needs to be quietened down, this is the Real Women series. I am your host, Michelle Ashby, life and business coach and personal trainer. I speak with women from all walks of life about their journey, their challenges, and what helps them to show up just as they are. Welcome, Rob. It's so good to have you. Thank you for joining me today um, on the Real Women series, obviously the first guy to feature. So I'm excited to talk to you. Um, it would be really good if you could just introduce yourself, tell everybody a bit about you, your background, and then we'll kind of get into it a bit more. Great. Well, thank you, firstly, for, for having me on as the first guy. I feel very privileged. Um, so thank you for inviting me on. Um, yeah, as Michelle said, I'm, I'm, I'm Rob. I'm a personal trainer and I've been for about 11 years now. Um, so, you know, those, those years are adding up. Um, but uh, I've done all things from fitness instructing, uh, group classes, personal training, uh, managing health clubs, managing personal trainers. Um, I've worked in private health clubs, private studios, pub, uh, public kind of gyms, that sort of stuff. Uh, most recently, I went self-employed. Um, oh, how long was it? Uh, probably just before just before lockdown, <laughs> or just a bit before <laughs> lockdown. So great timing, Rob. Um, but uh, yeah, so I now I now uh, do personal training via Zoom, obviously right now, um, and one-to-one -one kind of face-to-face -face, uh, with a view to hopefully doing a little bit more group stuff uh, when possible. Um, and I'm looking at doing more with uh, TRX, which is a suspension trainer um, kind of tool that I am quite into. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a, a very brief uh, about me. And I have a puppy, I have a lockdown puppy. So yeah, lockdown puppy. Lockdown puppy, exactly. <laughs> oh, amazing. And so I thought it'd be really, valuable to have you on to speak not only from a fitness perspective but as you know I've interviewed so many different women from so many different backgrounds and the purpose of the podcast is to encourage women just to really be themselves and to show up authentically because I think there's quite a lot of pressure on women um, to supposedly have it all whatever that all looks like um, and to have the healthy body and to look great in a bikini, maybe to have the family, the career, all of that. Um, so I really am interested to learn about some of your opinions, but I'm going to actually just go straight in with a question which has just popped into my mind now. I just talked about obviously the pressures that I know a lot of women feel, but is there that pressure on men to look a certain way to have a certain career to have a certain level of success do you feel that pressure and do you think maybe your friends or family do it's a really interesting question and <clears throat> to be honest i think it depends on on the man like it would depend on the woman but i think generally speaking it's really interesting that beth and i spoke and uh, before uh, we, we spoke about coming on here about uh 
just our upbringing as as kids. Um, so I, I had a what you would call a traditional upbringing in that my dad went and he was a lawyer up in, uh, a lawyer banker up in London, um, and my mum had uh, not not quite the same career, um, and my nan and granddad were the same, and my aunts and uncles were the same, etc. Whereas my wife Beth had the opposite. So her mum was kind of the big city banker and her dad didn't have the, the same same sort of career um, and her auntie and uncle were the same in that sense too. So it was, it was a real strange dynamic to kind of start our relationship in that way because your values and your fundamental kind of understanding of what men do, what women do when you grow up was, was very, very different. Um, and so... I think for me as a, as a guy, um, I find that since being with Beth, my opinions have changed quite a lot because I've been open to understanding, no, women, women are, are able and do have these amazing careers and that's definitely becoming a lot more apparent um, than it perhaps was, you know, some time ago, which is great. Um, and so, yeah, I think it depends on the guy and depends on kind of their upbringing and also who they surround themselves with. Um, mm. That plays a big impact. I think as a saying, you are the, you are the product of the closest five people around you. And I think that does ring true in a lot of these cases. Um, so yeah, your family, your immediate family, your immediate friendship, friendship group, what you know to be true to them. Um, you kind of base your opinions on, on that, I suppose. But obviously those can change over time. That's a really long-winded answer. Does that kind of give you a bit of a background of yeah, where that's, I'm at? That's really interesting um, mm. with regards to, obviously, your, both of your family histories. And Beth has come from a line of women that have all done that. So that kind of leads me to another question then, is when your two worlds almost collided, because... I know you, I know you're really driven and obviously I know that Beth is and we've just had a conversation before about you both working long hours and you've just now found a sort of level of how many clients you can actually manage. So how, how have you then fused those two worlds together? Because I can imagine, you know, with two driven people in a relationship and where do you find time for each other? How do you manage the day to day? to still have time for you both and, and still have those careers because I know also with a puppy is like having a child so <laughs> <laughs> splitting responsibilities yeah yeah it is um yeah it's it's tough but I think one thing actually best mum said is that we should never be in competition with each other um and we should always see us as one um and so Beth's success in her career is is on me and my success in my career is on Beth um and so one thing that that beth is amazing for us she is super supportive of what i want to do in terms of I've, i wanted to go self-employed i probably went self-employed one of the worst times you could in recent history um but she she really stuck by what i wanted to do um and similarly when beth was at uni um and was studying she then came out of uni had to do work experience and so um i would sort of work as much as i could sort of gather you know finance together that we could go and do things um and so I can't, it kind of goes in waves i guess um yeah and we kind of work with what the other needs to do so um with my job i'm super lucky and i lo absolutely love what i do and it, it can be relatively flexible in that i could work sort of slightly earlier or at lunch times or, or evenings um and have that, those kind of gaps in the day whereas beth is very much you know 
she's a lawyer so she she works pretty late um she'll you know we were saying a second ago that you know her workload is quite high at the moment um and so she's working to like quarter to 10 at night um and so i was dealing with the dog um but we we try and we try and share um things like you know who's doing dinner tonight who's doing lunches actually that's a lie i always do lunch i'm the lunch guy <laughs> i'm the bin and lunch guy that's my job <laughs> bin guy bin guy Always the bin guy definitely here yeah um, that's what i love that you said that it goes and it kind of ebbs and flows and then the other body the person has to almost pick up um yeah. which and i think it is having that fluid relationship isn't it of kind of being like what do you need right now because you know I have that with Sean you know we both work for ourselves and it's kind of we've got a six-year-old so you know is what do you need what do you need okay well I'll pick I'll do this but then you need to catch that ball later because you know I've got something else I love to hear that um so moving on let's talk a bit more health fitness because obviously you've got really extensive experience you know in that area so I'd be interested to hear not only from your professional opinion but also just your opinion as a guy as well you know as women my big thing that I try to help everyone with is is kind of getting off this yo-yo diet cycle and actually for women to really understand first and foremost why they're even dieting in the first place you know is it for vanity is it because they think it'll make them happy is it because they want more confidence because I firmly believe that our external image is often from our internal world. Mm-hmm. So I guess tell me a bit more from your perspective as a PT, you know, what are the main things that your client, your female clients come to you with? You know, do you see any kind of patterns and what have you? <laughs> um, yeah, so generally speaking, uh, women generally this is general term women will come and they will say i want to lose fat i want to tone up they're the two most common goals i'm going to put brackets over the goals there um when i first meet a, a new female client um and that to be fair sometimes goes goes similar with with guys they also want to lose fat and they want to maybe build a bit of muscle essentially what they're saying is the same um yeah. tone up's a myth <laughs> um but <laughs> um yeah so what i what i try and do is um reassess their goals um and so i'm a quite a uh, as you kind of mentioned i'm pretty driven and i know what drives me is kind of almost performance-based goals the kind of the the stuff that you can't really argue with the black and whites you know weights if if you know someone weighed themselves at six in the morning six at night or move the scale just slightly they'll get different values so for me that that isn't enough of a driver as a that's my motivation that's my goal the scale to move um because it's just too variable um whereas if someone came to me and i said right okay i'm gonna i'm gonna get you to i'm gonna get you to tone up and get you to lose fat but in order to do that um we're gonna set some set some achievable goals such as i'm gonna get you to do a full press up before um but uh, before we you know end this 12 week block or whatever um so we'll work towards a press up as an example or work towards a certain amount of weight that we're going to lift and that was a byproduct of those performance based goals you will be losing fat and you will be gaining muscle tone um whereas your and your mindset is focused on i, I just want to be able to do those press ups i want to do those squats or i want to do whatever a 5k in this time 
and it's much more of a positive rather than a lose weight or drop fat or you know shrink my waist or whatever it is all of those are byproducts of that performance goal that we're focusing on so it's a bit of a shift of focus um, and a more positive i want to achieve x rather than i want to drop y does that kind of make sense yeah that does really make sense and it's the same as you know when you talk to people about let's maybe like financial goals rather than people focusing on the negative of saying well i just want to be out of debt let's say it's actually well let's really focus on how many clients you want how much you want to earn you know where do you want to be and i think it's just that switch isn't it into the positive mindset so um when it comes to nutrition and i know that you work with your clients on nutrition and i know that you and i have we both got obsessed with a book at a certain time called Atomic Habits. Did, yeah. <laughs> great book. Great book. It is a great book. So if anyone hasn't read it, then I highly recommend it. Um, but tell me what your approach is with regards to, let's say, health and diet when it comes to working with your clients. So whenever I take on a new client, um, I, again, generally speaking, probably 90% of the time, um, I will ask them just to note down, either in a notebook or on an on a app, for example, my fitness pal, what they're eating, just so I have an idea um, <clears throat> of what they're eating and just to be as honest as possible. Um, because if we don't know where they currently are, we can't change it. Um, mm. So they could tell me, oh, yeah, I mostly, you know, special K for breakfast, maybe some toast, maybe this, maybe that. But actually, when you get them to write it down, it's, it's normally quite different than what they think. Um, yeah. And the process of writing it down or recording it makes you makes you think oh hang on a minute I've actually had quite a lot of this this week or really is that how many calories is in that you know it, it's quite a I know just from tracking so I haven't changed anything I'm just asking you to, to start writing down what you're doing um, and that in itself is actually quite powerful because we then sit down a week later after I've done it for a week and we, we talk about it and we say so did you know that you were eating 2,000 calories a day I had no idea. I had no idea there were, there were that many uh, carbohydrates in a banana, you know, or, or, or whatever. Um, so it's quite, uh, for me, it's about education. Um, for me, there isn't one diet that fits everyone. Everyone is different and everyone has their vices. Everyone has their, you know, life that, that gets in the way. They might be shift workers, they might have a family, they, whatever, you know, whatever the situation mm. is, everyone has a different diet. So there is never one size fits all. There, there really isn't. Um, so diet plans are not a good idea. Um, what we then look at is we then break it down and we then say, okay, so why do you think at three o'clock in the afternoon you get quite hungry and you get a little bit tired and you need a bit of a pick me up and you go for the biscuits or the chocolate or whatever that is um, and then we look at their day leading up to that and we say well actually you've had let's say special k for breakfast with with milk and you've had maybe uh, a meal deal at, or whatever um and if we look at the amount of carbohydrates you've had and the amount of protein that you've had there's a, there's a big difference there um and your calories haven't really given you the nutrition that's required to take you through to dinner so you need something to pick you up um so maybe we could look at changing one of those things so so it's always a one at a time and only when we've changed that one thing do we move on to the next thing um and obviously there's things like water and caffeine and all the rest of it and alcohol but um that's kind of my approach when it comes to nutrition so it's very personal very bespoke and um different for everyone yeah i love that you say about you know we only change one thing at a time because i think you know that's a common mistake isn't it that many people make that they sort of say oh i'm gonna 
I'm going to go to the gym loads and, you know, I'm going to be, you know, immaculate with my food. And, you know, that's just not realistic of life, is it? Especially if you've gone from, you know, eating takeaways and not really being aware to then suddenly give yourself a huge overhaul and do loads of things that you've never done. Mm. You know, of course you're going to give up, of course, because it's going to become too hard. So I really like that philosophy of just changing one thing at a time. Um, I had a friend recently that just started tracking um, just out of interest. Yeah. <laughs> she messaged me and she was like, oh, I just had a a piece of cheesecake from the the cheesecake factory. She was like, did you know there was 1,500 calories in that? I've flown my whole day in one go. <laughs> <laughs> it is things like that, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know how big the size was, but, you, you know, you, mm. just, you just don't know sometimes, you know, yeah. what you're actually eating and I think sometimes it's those grazing moments and the nibble of something here and yeah. a bit of extra dressing there and what have yeah. you. And one thing um, on that as well mate just before we move on so a lot of people will look at a day and I'm sure you get this an awful lot and they think oh my god I've blown it I've had my 1500 calorie cheesecake that's it whatever I'll start again on Monday maybe we're talking on a Thursday for example so you then have Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday of binging, eating excess, because whatever, I'll start on Monday. Rather than looking at it over a day, let's say someone has 1,500 calories as their set goal target for, for, for calories, I'll times that by seven, and I'll say you yeah. have this amount of calories over the week. So we're not talking days. So if you do go over on a day, that's okay. You, you've still got maybe three days left of the week, or if you've got a birthday party or, some, or, or whatever that you know you're gonna eat in excess, Try and maybe cut down on, a, on two or three days before. Maybe even track a few glasses of wine or whatever it's going to be that you know you're going to drink so you've actually worked out how much you can consume and actually still be in a deficit by that Saturday evening when you're going out for drinks whenever we're allowed to uh, or via Zoom. <laughs> um, so that's one massive, massive tip I'll give anyone. Never track on a day, track over a week. You don't lose fat in a day. You know, it, it takes time to, to do that. So. Yeah, no, and I do tell my clients that. And the other, somebody once told me, um, and it's always stuck in my head, it's a great way to think about it. So often when you have a bad day, that's where, as you say, people go, oh, I've ruined it. I may as well start again on a Monday. But it's the same as if you have one good workout. If you have one good workout, that doesn't mean you suddenly have the body that you want. And it's the same with one bad day of food. One bad day of food doesn't ruin everything, but actually yeah. it's the, the compound effect, isn't it? Of actually yeah. going, well, I've had a bad day, so I'll have another bad day, another bad day. Oh, I'll start again. And yeah. then it's that cycle, isn't it, of your body. And actually it's not just the body, it's your mind. It's what it's doing for that mindset because you're all the time having to start again. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. But you touched on um, this kind of segue nicely in a way to my next question so you said the two main things that people come to you for is obviously lose weight which we've just touched on in terms of food um and then the other thing is tone and you alluded to the fact that tone doesn't really exist you know <laughs> it's it's muscle and as females as you know and as i know one of the biggest things that we hear is oh, i don't want to get massive I don't want to live as a female. I don't want to lift weights. I'll get massive. I don't want to be massive like those people, those lads in the gym. So, can you tell us a bit more about the clients that you work with, and also, I guess, a bit more about the female form and and how we know it? As I know, as PTs, it's it's not that easy to get 
big. <laughs> well, I'll firstly say Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't get the size he got by accident. <laughs> <laughs> if he just lifted a few weights and that happened, I mean, you know, that, that's, uh, that is literally impossible. Um, yeah, so you, in order to get big, um, you have to be doing lots of things, um, eating and a calorie surplus by a lot. Um, quite a lot of protein, um, lifting certain weights for a certain amount of reps, and I guarantee all of those things women won't be doing. They won't. They would probably most women probably wouldn't enjoy that um, eating in, a, in that much of a surplus. You know, you look at bodybuilders; they have to wake up. A lot of them will wake up at two a.m., four a.m., eat, go back to sleep because they need to be in that surplus in their building phase. And that you know, I don't think many women are doing that they might be I don't know but <laughs> unlikely <laughs> unlikely unlikely um but there's also a test you know testosterone that plays into it as well so men naturally have a higher level of testosterone in their body um than women so if a woman wants to get big um if you look at a lot of female bodybuilders they will perhaps um go down a slightly shortcut route um and use substances they shouldn't um, so sometimes the bodybuilders you may see on the stage, they haven't done that through just clean eating um, and lifting weights. They, they've used other things too. So, you know, the, I'm sure we'll get onto this, Mish, but the, the kind of view of that's what I want to look like. Well, you don't want that lifestyle that that person has. Mm. Um, and just to revert back to your, to your point about tone, um, and I don't want to get big, you know, um, <clears throat> muscle and fat, if you had a pound of muscle and a pound of fat, muscle is smaller than fat. So if you think of the circumference of your arm, if you had the same, if you had a pound of fats going around your arm, that fat would be bigger than the muscle, but they weigh the mm. same. Yeah. So yeah. Um, think of it that way. So actually muscle, building muscle, not only does it you know, make you aesthetically look better, but you also will burn, muscle is expensive. So you burn more calories at a resting rate. So your metabolic rate will increase from having more muscle because your body has to work hard to keep, to keep that muscle, you know, and it will expend more um, through calorie uh, expenditure um, in order to keep that muscle. So it's in your best interest to have more muscle because you'll be, you know, your, your engine will be revving more. If yeah. That makes sense. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's so many ways you can do that. Um, but, you know, lifting weights, even body weight, um, using the TRX, kettlebells, um, barbells, whatever. Um, they're, they're just tools in order to put your body under a certain amount of stress to, to you know, build or, or, and rebuild uh, muscle tissue. And so would you recommend that, you know, women, if you're exercising, that you should incorporate strength training or some kind of weight training into your regime. Because I know, you know, typically it's, it's getting a little bit more popular now. Women are, are coming around to doing some more, more weight um, training. But there's obviously still a lot of cardio bunnies out there um, and love cardio. So would you recommend that, you know, more people, more women do incorporate that into their exercise regime i think on the whole yes but i think it does depend on the woman and some women do not like the feeling of strength training and i've had this a few times it's really interesting they don't like that feeling of what a lot of guys call a pump you know feeling like you've just worked a bicep or a quad or whatever they don't like that feeling but um generally speaking what i find 
that not only do lifting weights benefit you physically, aesthetically, but also mentally, your confidence, when you can lift a weight or move your body in a certain way that you've never been able to do before, the confidence that that exudes is worth it a hundred times over. Um, you know, I've had women, I've had a lot of women who said, oh, press ups, don't be stupid. I'm never going to be able to do a press up. Uh, you know, men do that. You know, that, that's not me. Um, after a few months of training, they're doing press ups and they're like, Oh my God, I can never do this before. This is amazing. You know, um, or, or lifting a certain weight or, or just, you know, moving their body in a way that they didn't think was possible. And I think that just breeds confidence in other areas of their life. And rather than saying to someone, Hey, I've lost two stone. They say, I can do 20 press ups. What, what's more impressive? You're like, wow, that's, that's incredible. You know, I'm not being funny. Anyone can, anyone can lose weight. Um, but you can also put it back on. But doing 20 press-ups takes time, energy, effort, dedication um, to, to do it. Um, and so that then leads into other areas of their life, their career, their family, their friends, um, with, with what confidence that brings. That's really interesting that you talk about that. And, you know, because you know that I'm big on the mental aspects of, of physical fitness. Um, but it's interesting when you talk about aiming for a performance goal, aiming to increase your strength and how that actually really helps with confidence and then it has that ripple effect in mm. their life. Um, have you seen that with your clients and you, have you, you know, got any examples of where you've, you've had a client that has gone from feeling maybe quite down and lacking confidence in themselves and then going through training and you've seen a transformation? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, quite a lot. I think one, one lady who I've trained for quite a long time now, um, she didn't know she had this goal when we first started training, but her daughter, uh, she, she's now a, she's now a grandmother. So she now has two grandchildren. Um, and she actually, I remember this as clear as day. She said to me, um, you know, I, I was with my grandchildren and I was playing with them and I just lifted one up and I just, I just lifted, lifted them up like this. Um, and she said, looking back five years ago, I would have never have been able to A, play with them in the first place, but B, lift them up like this. You know, that's yeah. just, that's, that's amazing. That's something that really transfers into everyday life. And that's something that, you know, we don't set as a goal, you know, that's not a goal to be able to lift your grandson over your head, but actually as a byproduct of that strength training that you've done and looking after your body in the way you have, you've been able to do something that you wouldn't have done five years ago. Um, and so that's a really cool example um, of just how strength training does lead into normal life. Um, yeah. And also another one that I, I, I do bang on about, I, <laughs> um is is runners and cyclists i have a lot of admiration for runners and cyclists um male female whatever their endurance is incredible however they need time to recover from those bike rides and those runs if they're not strength training and as a runner you you want to get out and you want to run again and you want to get faster you want to do a, do a new route you want to do that hill you won't be able to do any of that without strength training um and I took on a, a runner not too long ago and he said I've never been able to do a run back to back but because my recovery has increased so so dramatically I can do runs back to back and now I can go and run with my son on one day I can run on my own the next day and it's amazing I've never been able to do this um just yeah. because we've built the strength um in, in the lower body so yeah there, there's lots of crossover um which is really yeah. nice to see performance or just lifting a grandson above life really yeah 
yeah, I love that. Um, and so we just we we just covered a huge amount, and I think one of the things that came out of that for me, and I think <laughs> when I reflect on sort of my clients, and and also I think the whole philosophy of this is it's about being real, it's about being authentic, and I think that's a journey in itself. And I heard something, I was listening to a podcast earlier today and it was talking about greatness and it was talking about success. And so if we, you know, look at some of your clients that you've just talked about, you know, when you see people on social media or in the press or what have you, what, you know, whether that's in health, fitness, business, whatever, you see that almost the finished product, right? And you, it, it, they present this illusion that it is easy. And so my question and how I put this to you is, we know that consistency is one of the biggest factors to success and to continuing. And so many people give up on the diets because they set too big of restrictions. People give up on their fitness um, and try and, and they never get to that confidence because they've gone, well, I've given them, you know, I'm a useless person. I've got no willpower. I've not stuck at it. So how do you help? people and what would your advice be to people to try and find that consistency that yes it's that that end goal is possible for everyone whatever your end goal and that's success and just because you don't see what goes on behind the scenes for the people you know what so what would your advice be to someone that is maybe just starting out or maybe they've got to that plateau and they're like oh it's not working I'll give up it all comes down to what intrinsically motivates you. As humans, all we do is based on our intrinsic motivation. Um, if your friend tells you, oh, come to this spin class, yoga class, dance class, whatever, if it's not within you to go and do it, you won't do it for, for a long period of time. So what I try and enable my clients to, to, to do and my advice is just to fall in love with the process. Don't get fixated by where you wanna to get to. Think about what makes what what brings enjoyment um, to you. Whether that is lifting a dumbbell, throwing a kettlebell around, using a TRX, going on a spin bike, a run, whatever it is, find what works for you um, and stick with it. And build a plan based around not aesthetics or or I want to lose weight or get to this size. Have that as byproducts of this process that you're working towards and you can set little goals. You can set, you know, I want to be able to run for 5k. I, I'm going to start off and I'm going to start off running and walking. Um, and I'm going to do that for a period of time. And then eventually I'm, I've set myself a goal here. Three months time. I want to be able to achieve 5k as an example, if you like running, if you don't like running, don't run. You know, if, if, you know, like burpees don't do burpees you know if <laughs> burpees aren't the be on an end or trainers sometimes put them in because they think well what, what should we do well burpees is a good one yeah let's just throw that in it's not like oh a burpee is a fat loss and toning exercise so we must do that you know so find what works for you um and it's going to be different to your friends it's going to be different to your family um but you got to test these things you got to test out well let me try and see what a kettlebell feels like let me try spin class let me try yoga let me try a run of dance whatever because obviously you don't know. Um, so for me, it's it's process driven rather than outcome driven. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I love that, and I love that you're encouraging to people to say, "Look, there's not one size that fits all. Go and try and find what works for you." Because I think there is that pressure, isn't there? That and it comes from a good place a lot of the time. That your friend said, "Hey, I found this new studio or this class. Like, come with me." 
but I think it's also that person knowing that it's okay to go I tried it, it I just didn't really click it wasn't for me but then it doesn't mean give up it doesn't mean that you don't like exercise it just means that you've not found your thing mm. um and you know try as many things as you can to get there um so that's really valuable and um, I'm keen because obviously we've talked a lot about your professional experience and how you help people I think you've given some incredible advice I'm really interested just to hear so many females want the perfect body and obviously we can see as time's gone on that over the over the decades that's changing of what the perfect female body is um and you know so many women want to look a certain way to attract a partner and so from a guy's perspective you know is slim everything is having the bum everything you know what's your again both professional and male perspective on you know if a female's just trying to change herself to i guess get the relationship what would you say to that i think for, for me personally this isn't talking professionally this is personally um i humans pick up on signals right so if a woman has confidence and has self-confidence that signal uh, kind of you, you can sense that right so whatever size they are whether they're 20 stone 10 stone or anywhere in the middle if they've got confidence you want to be around that you want to be around that energy and that you know that kind of I know who I am and this is what I'm about and like it or you know you can like it or you can leave it type thing um so for me it's a personal image of what a woman sees themselves as and who, who they want to be seen as who they want to be and I'm not saying you have to be like the life and soul of the party but just be true to who you are and not try and fake it and you know try and be someone else you're not because you saw on Instagram and you think oh that's cool I'll, I'll try and be like her and you know, um, and bear in mind that if Michelle, if you did the same workout as a hundred different women and ate the, and the same food as a hundred different women for two years, you would not have the same end product because our bodies are very, mm. very different. So our genetic makeup, our bone structure, our hormonal structure, um, DNA profiling, everything's different. Um, even if two identical twins did it, there would be some differences, maybe a bit more subtle, but there'll be differences. Um, so. I think this whole image and the idea of the perfect body, the perfect body doesn't exist. Your perfect body might, but it's your perfect body, which is different from every other woman on the planet, but that's okay. And as long as you're okay with that, great, you know, and, and back to what I said a second ago, then that confidence exudes from you because you're happy with where you are. Um, and you, it's part of your lifestyle. It's part of your being, it's part of your identity. Um, and it's not this, oh, I'm going to do this fad diet because I just want to quickly lose weight for a wedding. Why, yeah. why have you said that a wedding is the reason to get in shape? You know, do you not value yourself enough to, to get in shape two years ago when you didn't even know that wedding was existing, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that. I'm, I'm a firm believer in energy. And I think if anyone's listening and perhaps doesn't quite understand perhaps what you're saying there, I think. I would say to those people, next time you're around certain people, ask yourself when you leave, how do you feel? Do you feel uplifted or do you suddenly feel really sort of down? And 
we've all had it. There's certain situations where you walk away and you're like, oh my God, that was so good. And I really enjoyed it. And then there's other times where you feel away and you kind of go into that complaining mode and suddenly mm-hmm. everything's really negative. And I think that's what, you know, and again, it goes back to what you said right at the beginning is that, you know, you're a byproduct of the five people you surround yourself with. And I, I would say, think about that as well. You know, are those five people lifting you higher and you get good energy and do you give good energy off? Um, Absolutely. So again, you know, really, really good points. And so I'm going to kind of come to my final point before um, I'll ask you kind of like your one piece of advice, but um, a bit more of, I guess, a sensitive um, subject. And, you know, this was the reason why I thought it would be a good idea to hear from you is because you put a post out last week, um, obviously about a huge um situation that's happening right now in the UK and tragic circumstances um you know with the abduction um, and murder of Sarah Everard and you were one of the first people that I saw to put a post from a male's perspective about maybe what males can do to make women feel perhaps less intimidated and more comfortable um so can you just tell us a bit more what inspired you to put that post out and I guess what you believe that men can do to make women feel a bit more comfortable yeah um to be honest what inspired me was was my wife beth uh we 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 spoke about it um at quite length and we'd never really spoken about the the unspokens of women behavior and when they're out and about and the kind of i'm going to carry my keys i'm gonna you know text when you're home that kind of thing we've never spoken about that um and i and i guess this just kind of this sparked the conversation um and obviously it's a very very tragic way to spark it as you as you said but if we're going to take any positive from it it is the positive that there is a conversation going on about this because i didn't know that i had male privilege until this happened because I've never thought about it but I've never Mm. I've never walked around and felt vulnerable or threatened and that's because I'm a male and I have those privileges and that's that's not right and that's not okay why should I have why 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 is that just because of my gender that has you know (laughs) we live in a free world We, we shouldn't we shouldn't be feeling like that um and so I saw lots of lots of women saying you know, lots of lots of really valid points and how they felt and their accounts of it and I hadn't seen any males post anything and I and sorry no I did see one guy I have a kind of a pizza running group um that, that was set up a few years ago and and a, and a gentleman put something on there and it, it kind of sparked me to think actually hang on why is this the only post that I've seen this should be coming from more men because ultimately men are the ones who have to change their behavior it's not women who should be changing their behavior it's men um and so i kind of <laughs> wrote this post out rewrote it a number of times because i wanted to kind of get the right um tone um because it's a very sensitive subject of course mm. um but i felt i felt really pleased that i did write it and did post it and did again spark a bit of a conversation um personally with my wife and myself um and i had other you know messages come through <sighs> I'm, I'm ashamed to say it, but mainly from women, probably 80% from women. Right. Um, and that's part that, again, I'll revert back. That's part of the problem. 
there should be more men talking about this. Um, and since I have seen more men posting about it and kind of saw one guy say, yeah, I walked to work today and I normally wear a hat because my hair's a mess like everyone else's. But actually, I hadn't thought of the impact that that might have on someone who I'm walking towards. And so I thought, I'm just going to rock the messy hairdo and not wear a hat. <laughs> so it's just oh, little things that we yeah. could do. So um, I'm a firm believer in actions speak louder than words. So I kind of, again, said to Beth, well, what 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 could I do, me personally, what can I do to, to maybe... Uh, not make a woman feel vulnerable if, if I'm in that situation and, and walking towards a woman or running or whenever I'm out and about with Lola the dog um, and we just said you know move, moving moving my route so so you know what going across the road taking taking the pavement opposite um, if I'm running past a woman a client of mine suggested that I might say rather than just run past them and startle them I say oh good morning or hello or, or something just to kind of make make your awareness known you know um yeah. just these little things that i've never really thought about never considered before but actually since talking about them a week ago when i've been out and about i have i've been more conscious of that um and i think that's stage one is having a an awareness of it um and then trying to to, to do that as best you can um and another thing i, I saw a video um the other day was yesterday actually um and it was a guy who said you may not be a a, a bad guy a bad person um yourself but if if and nine out of ten of your friends might not be but that one out of ten who says things you think that's a bit on the edge or mm, that, that that's a bit too much be the person who who says that's not okay and that, and, and that takes some super confidence and courage and strength to do that in a, in a group of men you know if a man is is going over the line or, or you know saying something to a woman that he shouldn't say or cat calling or wolf whistling whatever it might be and actually calling him out on it and saying hang on that's not all right like how would you feel if your sister received that or mom or whatever um so that's something else that i'll kind of keep in my mind when i'm around my friends and you know just I think little things like that. I've gone on for quite a long time, but I think, yeah, um, that's kind of the, the reason and, and hopefully the start of a bit of change of behaviour. Yeah. And I, you know, I take my hat off you, to, you know, to that. And I think, you know, that hopefully more people or more men will become aware. Um, because again, it's like you say, it's things that are just, in society and how people have been brought up and and as you say you didn't even realize yeah you know, why would yeah. you um until something like this happens and you know i guess as as females you're kind of told like you say text me when you get home or you know walk make sure you've got your trainers on instead of high heels mm -hmm. in case you need mm -hmm. to run and then that when you think about that that's quite crazy isn't it you know yeah. um but we've we've all we've all been there and done it in you know me doing my thing you doing your thing and what have you and I think it you know I think it's great that you've spoken up and which is obviously one of the reasons that we're now doing this podcast now so you know keep doing it keep spreading the message so yeah, thank, you. thank you um and so that kind of is bringing us to the end and and always before I go um I ask the person that I'm talking to you know if you were to give women one just one piece of advice to become more true to themselves, to become more confident, what would it be? <laughs> ah, so many. How do I pick one? 
<laughs> um, to be more true to themselves, to be more confident. I would say everything has to come from within. So everything has to be intrinsically motivating. Um, so you have to find the thing that works for you. And you can't lie about that. You can't fake that. You can't try. You, you can't you can change that to a certain extent but you are who you are and as long as you can accept that and the quicker you you can accept who you are the better your life will be and not only health and fitness but other areas of it too um and i think that acceptance of who you are um and looking at your identity and if you want to change that identity for whatever reason start thinking like a healthy person if you want to be a healthy person and start and start thinking well, what would a healthy person do in this situation could mm. i adopt that behavior within my lifestyle is that something i could do is this diet something i can see myself doing over the next five years not the next five days you know so yeah. i think everything comes back to you um not social media not your friends not your family not it has to be you um because if it's not um you won't stick at it for a long period of time and there's where you get your dips and your yo-yos that's probably it. <laughs> love it love it love it and if people want to find you if people want to work with you or follow you how can they find you uh, a number of ways so instagram i'm quite active on instagram uh my handle is robcar11 which is r-o-b-c-a-r-r-11 um or i have a website uh, which is robcarpt.co.uk um so check out my website there I recently uploaded a new video which is quite cool um so yeah probably instagram or my website um i would, I would imagine um but yeah it's been really fun michelle thank you very much for inviting me on i hope uh, i hope it's been, you know, different but not too different having a guy on your, your show. No, I think, honestly, I think it's been great. Really, really great. And I'm sure people will take lots from it. So thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please rate and review us. Perhaps you know someone that would find strength from listening to this episode. I'd love you to share this with them. You can find more about my services, coaching and programs at www.michelleashby.co.uk or find me on Instagram at Mish Ashbury and on LinkedIn, Michelle Ashby.